0: Thanks for watching this episode of turning to him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello everybody. My name is Zach Batty and this is turning to him. This week, we are talking with Melanie Gillespie. Melanie, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Feeling good. A little nervous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, that makes two of us. Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for being willing to take the time to talk today. Yeah. Uh, you have had an extremely eventful past five years, five or six years. Is that true?
1: Yeah, four or five years. I've, I've really... Um, a lot of life has come to a head, which I think happens a lot at this midpoint in our lives. Um, You know, a lot of people call it a midlife crisis. I call it a midlife awakening. Like we're awakening to more as we age. And, you know, for me, it's had a lot to do with um, the mental health struggles I've had my whole life. And really the Lord teaching me periodically over these last you know, four and a half, five years that I've really been focused and concentrated on, on, um, healing. And the Lord has, has really taught me how to heal by using the atonement, you know, little piece by little piece. Um, and I'm, I'm nowhere near like done with that journey. I think that's a lifelong thing as we become more like our savior step. By step by step, but it really was. Um, there were some pivotal moments, just you know, like I said, four and a half, five years ago, that really led to this whole uh, journey that I've been on. So yeah.
0: Um, give us some background. Tell us about yourself, your family, where you live in, just so we know you a little bit better.
1: Yeah. So I am the mom of six kids. My oldest is almost twenty, and my youngest is seven. So a lot of life there, a lot of busyness. Um, We live up in the middle of nowhere in Washington state, um, about an hour from the Canadian border. It's a little town called Okanagan. So um, we moved up here about 11 years ago and thought it would just be a stopping point for a second, but the Lord had other ideas and at least so far. So we're still here. Um, I've been you know, stay at home mom, most of my life, except I was a fitness instructor for 12 years. We owned a small gym for a period of time. You know, I was a health coach. So I, I definitely have a lot of interest in health and wellness. Um, but for many, many, many years, that focus was just on my physical body. And I did not understand how interconnected, you know, our our bodies, our minds, our spirits, all of that are connected. And so this has been an interesting journey for me as I've learned to kind of connect all of those things and also learn how the atonement works to to just heal us literally from the inside out.
0: Right. Okay. So what happened uh, four or five years ago that kind of started this, this chapter of change
1: yeah well so i had to go back in my journals and look i'm not a super faithful journaler but i have found that when the lord really wants me to to know something later on he he's like hey you need a journal about this you know and then then i go back years later and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so i was looking at it but you know so like i said i've dealt with mental health um struggles or or you know, my entire life. Well, since I was pre pubescent about 11, um, a lot of anxiety, short periods of depression, but more anxiety that, that kind of higher spectrum where, you know, um, I I'm a very passionate person with lots of energy, but there's a flip side to that, Right, comes the anxiety and other things. So, you know, that has been on and off throughout my life. And Um, about four or five years ago, our stress levels were really, really high. So we owned our small gym, you know, we had just had our sixth child. My husband was the Bishop of our ward. You know, there were just, there was just a lot of life happening. My stress levels kept getting higher and higher and I wasn't addressing it. And so that mental health, you know, I started getting more, I was just angry all the time, aggressive, just, just really unhappy. And I, and it felt so wrong. Like it didn't feel like me, but I didn't know how to, to change. I didn't know how, you know, I, I went through this period of time where I would look at myself and I would think, I feel like a mistake. I feel like, Lord, I feel like you made a big mistake. I don't understand how I can be the way I am and yet I'm nothing like you. And I don't understand. I know you don't make mistakes, but I felt like one. I felt like you must've done something wrong because I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm not like you. And it kind of started this, this snowball of things. So I started studying the attributes of Christ and that's, that's kind of where this started I was reading about humility and meekness and and you know long suffering and and these were all things that I was not or I didn't feel very strong in I didn't have that ability and I just remember thinking how how can I be this way and I'll, I'll never be like you same period of time, I was reading my patriarchal blessing and I would look at this woman that, that the Lord saw and I, I couldn't see her. She was so foreign. I would never become her. There was no way because everything the Lord saw was the exact opposite of, of how I was at that moment. And I just was devastated. I didn't know how I could become like her. Um, or how I would ever be her or how the Lord even saw that woman in me because it wasn't me. And so um, from there, I, it was just this feeling of, of unrest. And um, in the October general conference that year, so it was 2018 October general conference, there was a talk that was given um, and it gave words to what I was feeling. It was um, the words divine discontent and they just as soon as those words were said, that just pulled into me, like, because again, I thought uh, there, I thought there was something wrong with me and this, I'd have to look and see who did the talk. I can't remember Michelle Craig, I think, but I could be totally off, but that just resonated with me. Like my spirit's just feeling discontented. There's, there's gotta be more. I just don't understand. Um, and so I just,
0: Go ahead. Were you getting any type of um, external influence that things were off? You know, I mean, right now it seemed a lot of internal you were feeling off, but were any close friends saying, hey, are you okay? You seem different. You seem changed.
1: Well, my husband has lived with me for a long time, right? He's seen the ebbs and flows of my mental health. He's like my solid rock. He just kind of stands the solid ground for me while I kind of ebb and flow, you know, but But he, you know, I'm way more dramatic. I remember saying to him, like, this is all wrong. Like, our lives are all wrong. Everything's wrong. And he's like, no, Mel, we're not doing as bad as you think, you know, that kind of thing. But this was really just this internal struggle, mostly. It was just this feeling that um, I was not headed where I wanted to go. My spirit was not on the right track. I needed to find the right track. And I just, I don't know. I wish I could, could even explain that, but um, the next, I I just remember kneeling for weeks, just praying. Okay. If this, if this isn't where I need to be, where do I need to be? How can I become like the savior? How can I change? I, I felt so stuck. I didn't have the tools then that I have now. I had done, you know, I had done some, some cognitive therapy, just traditional therapy, coping therapy kind of before. Um, and it, and I'd gotten really good tools and I knew how to use all of those tools. But I, I was done with coping with this life. I wanted to change from the inside out. I had faith it was possible. I just didn't know how. And so um, I love that the Lord met me where I was at he he knows that i have i had always had this great interest in in the physical body and in the physical world so he helped me start there <laughs> which was really interesting i i ended up reading this book on genetics that that really opened my eyes just to physically what was happening in my body um like i said i thought something was wrong with me i thought that that the lord like created this monster when really chemically physiologically, I was just stressed. Mm -hmm. I was off. So things were firing differently. They were, you know, so I read this book and it, it, it outlined kind of that it outlined how different bodies work, how some are are quick to anger because their body fills with adrenaline and, and it takes their bodies longer to, you know, kind of work through that adrenaline. And so anyway, but at the same time, it painted a picture of all these positives that come along with that they see patterns in those type of personalities, you know, and all of a sudden I saw myself through these different eyes, like, so there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just really stressed out. I haven't taken time to take care of myself. I haven't, you know, those kinds of things. And so the Lord really started on that physical, that physical plane for me, because he knew that's what would resonate with me, you know, at first. Um, But it just, like I said, it started this snowball of things. I also started with this mental health counselor who was focused on healing, not coping. Um, So she was really focused on getting to the root cause of of things that cause us all this pain and and these wounds and these other things that, that then, you know, cause us emotional pain and physical pain and another thing, so...
0: Tell me the difference between healing and coping.
1: Coping. um, And I, and I don't want to discount that because Mm. coping, you know, for many, many years, I didn't cope. And so Mm. to be in a place where I learned how to cope, um, you know, I was on medication for a really long time. And I am so, so grateful for that because Mm. I wasn't ready to heal. I wasn't ready to face the things that I needed to face in order to really allow the atonement to start working inside of me and, and really healing those, those really wounded parts of myself that were just screaming. I, I, I wasn't ready. And so I used coping mechanisms. I used medication and, and again, there's nothing wrong with those. Thank goodness they're available because, um, because they're, they're, they're tools in and of themselves that are really important at yeah. certain parts of our life. But I just, like I said, I just had this feeling that it was time for me to heal. It was that these things I was experiencing weren't who I was. They're not even a part of, of who I am. They're just a part of being part of this fallen world. They're a part of our natural man. They're not a part of our spiritual being. And so I really felt like it was time to let those things go. It was time to move past that and really heal. I just didn't know what that meant.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're able to, so you become aware of yourself in a situation that you're not, you're not happy with. This isn't me. And so you're guided to start learning about the physical you know, the chemical makeup, the physical makeup, you're guided to uh, a counselor that focuses on healing instead of coping, you know, perhaps healing is the next step after coping when we're ready yeah. for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what happens then?
1: It was, it's, I'm still on this journey. It's just crazy. It's, but it's evolved. You know, I didn't realize at the time that I was about to learn about the depths of the atonement and I still don't even think I even understand the surface of what the atonement actually can do for us but I've I just felt guided I felt guided step by step to to different books to different mentors to different um scriptures to different I mean I wish I could say that it's I could map it out. Probably if I spent hours mapping out what step came after the next, if you read my journals, you can kind of see it evolving, but really it came down, to you know, it kind of this catalyst that I had spent my whole life focusing on something. Now, the reason I got so into fitness and so into all of those things was actually triggered from some trauma responses as a child, just, just my way of coping with my world. These were things I could control. They were things that I got, I got praise for, I got, you know, positive attention for other types of things. These were just my way to cope. And so, but being someone who deals with, with obsessive compulsive tendencies, sometimes it's, you know, in a disordered state where it is prolonged for a long period of time, but, um, it became an obsession. It became like this focus. It's all I wanted was to, you know, have this physical body that just was exemplary and blah, blah, blah. So I, at about that time that I started praying for all of that, you know, that, that was the catalyst. I'd finally achieved that. I had this physical body that I felt like I had always worked towards and always wanted. And I realized that, It wasn't the answer to anything. Mm. In fact, it was just this, this hollow, and I'm not saying taking care of our physical bodies isn't important, but, but it was just this hollow achievement because it wasn't actually what my soul desired. And so my soul desired, you know, something different and this deep yearning and connection Mm -hmm. that I wasn't, I didn't have the time for, I didn't have time for it because I was working on something else. And so um, part of that, part of this process has also been me learning how to shed those things that, that perpetuate that for me. Um, and again, it's nobody else's fault that that does that for me, but it's just, you know, I had to step away from the gym world. I couldn't, I couldn't be in that space anymore because it, it brought out you know, kind of the ego in me that was like, Hey, let's protect you from all the hurts in the world. And, and I, I've said, you know, just recently to people, like I would, I would rather feel all the physical pain in the world than the emotional pain, the mental pain, that's so much harder to cope with, but that's where the healing comes. So, you know, I just feel like I got led piece by piece, um, to work on my mental, emotional side of health, um, rather than the physical body, even though we still have to take care of our physical bodies, they're they're all entwined, right? There's no sure. separating, them.
0: Sure. You know, you referenced the atonement a number of times, and I love that um, because a lot of us, even even though we hear it repeatedly, I think a lot of us still associate the atonement is for repentance and sin. Right. Yeah. Um, that is right. Not, that's not the education that you're receiving.
1: No, no. And that, that was that mind-boggling opening to me, right? I mean, that, that the atonement heals all wounds, all hurts. Some of them we bring on ourselves, right? Yeah. Through sin, through temptation. Some of those wounds we bring on ourselves But more often than not, the wounds that we experience in life are usually put on us from other people. And, and a lot of inadvertently people aren't generally walking around trying to ruin somebody's life. Right. In fact, they're usually steeped in their own hurts and their own wounds. And that's what causes them to then hurt and wound someone else. So we have these, these wounds that you know, we ourselves had imperfect parents who didn't know how to care for their own selves and their own needs. So how were they supposed to to know how to take care of, you know, our needs? And and there are wounds even generational wounds that get passed on from family to family to family until someone finally says, I don't know what this is. I don't know where it came from, I don't know why it has has wounded generations or why it has dragged on but it stops with me and I'll do the work that it takes to heal that so that it doesn't pass on to the next generation and the next generation but I think the atonement's the only way to do that. It's the only thing that has that power to you know because God doesn't operate on the same timetable we can do. He can, he can heal the past. He can, you know what I mean? Like he he has the power to do that. We don't. And so he, yeah. like I said, I didn't have these tools. I didn't understand what, I didn't, I didn't know what generational wounds are or what, you know, I had no clue. I, I knew that people would talk about that, but I didn't know what that was. And as my eyes have been opened to things that I used to think were so strange, like just really strange, um, I found that it really is a journey of learning to apply the atonement to our lives. Yeah. Really what it is.
0: And that that application is completely customized. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are, there are certain general things that, that none of us should do or all of us should do. But I really feel like those things are, are kind of limited and the rest is a complete customized curriculum that heavenly father is building for us. And I I love how, you know, you said that as you were learning about different physical bodies and different reactions, and some people are quick to anger because maybe they have an oversized adrenal gland or something like that, but that also, and, and. You alluded, you didn't say this, but I I thought you were alluding to it. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like in your own life, you haven't said, oh, okay, I've learned about my physical body. I know that I react this way. So I guess that's just how I am. I I guess I'm just going to be angry and stressed for the rest of my life. No, you said, okay, Heavenly Father, this is the package that you've given me. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm supposed to go from here to where you are teach me how to get there because I'm the only person that is starting from this point. I'm the only person here. So you had to teach me how to do this because I know that I'm not supposed to stay here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny that you mentioned adrenal glands because as I began praying, Lord, I created this life that I don't enjoy. I find no joy in it. I know I'm not supposed to be here. Um, Show me how to change my adrenals actually crashed. I, I spent the next year and a half in bed, um, could barely get out of bed. And the beauty was all this physical, my physical body was not functioning anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get out of bed for more than a few minutes at time before I would feel so sick. I'd have to get in back in bed, but it gave me the quiet time, the downtime to really start working on the inside. Um, I, I had nothing to do but read and study my scriptures and pray for guidance and, you know, be careful what you pray for because the Lord will, like, He's <laughs> like, really? You want this? You want change? Okay, then I'm going to strip away everything from you that you thought was you. That yeah. you thought was you. It's not you. So it's amazing that all these things have changed. And, you know, a couple of months ago, my relief society asked me to give a 10 minute discussion on the physical body, which is impossible to do anyway. You, there's just no way you can do that. But with my you know, fitness background and my you know, health yeah. coaching background, they were like, Hey, would you do this? And I'm like, okay. So I took it to the Lord. Cause I was like, there's no way. Number one, I can even teach anything. And number two, what I've learned, like you said, over the last four and a half, five years is every experience is tailored to each and every person differently, what may be like perfect for me is going to be completely different for you. And what may and I love how Elder Bednar uh, he um, illustrates that. I won't get into it, but somebody asked him about the Word of Wisdom once, and he said, "Go home and pray about it." It's it's a set of principles, but the application will be different for each person, just like the gospel, like. We have these doctrines and these sets of principles given to us by our savior, right? He's the head of our church, but the application will look different from person to person because we are individuals. We are not the same person. So your physical health journey, your mental health journey, your emotional spiritual health journey, it will look completely different from mine. You have to pray and receive personal revelation for your own guidance the books the mentors the people that that the lord has ready to place in your path are not the same as mine yeah because we're people we have different bodies we have different minds we have different emotional backgrounds we have different everything yeah that's the beauty of personal
0: revelation so rewind 5 years why do you think you was it, was it your first instinct to turn to the savior and try to figure this out? Or did you have to grope around for a little bit and then remember that?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) i had been groping for a long time, you know, um, seriously, like always turning to the world because, and I didn't realize it, obviously I didn't realize I was turning to the world, but other people have all these questions. Other people have, I mean, I, I mean, all these answers, other people, I, I don't know. I, I'm not smart. I I don't know these things. I don't know how to take care of myself. I don't know how to heal myself. I don't know how to do whatever. And to an extent that was true. I I didn't have the tools I needed at that time. But what's amazing is I've now stepped away now that I've learned so much just in this last couple of weeks, you know, I walked away from, like I said, the fitness world in this last year, I've had to cut ties with that because it's no longer part of my path. I I just walked away from my health coaching job and I'm ready. And I didn't even know why except the Lord said, it's time for you to close that chapter. I have something else for you to learn. It's time to move forward.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. It's a little scary and daunting, but okay. But it, I he but he wouldn't tell me what it was. I prayed, what is it? Cuz I I want to know. Like before I do this, I want to know. And he was like, how about you have faith and trust me,
0: step into the dark,
1: and then I will let you know. And what it came down to, I honestly told the Lord, I, I have complete faith in you. Like I searched my soul. Do I have faith in the Lord? Do I trust him implicitly? Yeah, I do. So what's the problem? It turns out I don't trust myself. I don't trust. There's a, there's that lack. There's a reason I always looked to everybody else for the answers because I didn't trust that I had them within me, which is not true. Mm -hmm. They're right there. They're always there because our souls are connected to our heavenly father and his spirit. Like the answers are always there. Yeah. So I walked away from my job and a few days later, literally I had this, the lord just flat out told me you are now going to learn to trust yourself you have put your trust in so many other people for so long you've learned so many things that i needed you to learn in order to be at this point where you can now trust yourself to find these these answers so anyway that's kind of a daunting task um, I think,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, agreed because I think a lot of people, uh, find themselves in similar place that you did of, I completely trust the Lord. What I don't trust is my ability to discern the spirit to so hear him. Yeah. Two very difficult decisions. If, if Moroni were to appear and say, that's the choice. Great. I got no problem. I, I, I will jump off that cliff. Yeah. If, my ability to like, you know, I mean, I think we all do it of, is this, am I feeling the spirit or am I just feeling that way because that's secretly what I want? Or what if it's, what if it's wrong? What if it's just indigestion? What if I had a bad piece of broccoli before this? And like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. So yeah, we, we completely trust in the Lord. But we don't trust in ourselves.
1: You know what though I I almost find that the things that the direction the Lord has me head in is never what I want. Because <laughs> what I want is comfort. What I want is to live the same life. I mean, I don't really, I don't really want that, but it's comfortable. Yes. It, it's predictable. It's what I know. It's, you know, I should follow somebody else's. I I what do you mean? Trust my own intuition. I enjoy other people's nutrition plans, not having to come up with my own, their exercise plans, their, their scripture study plans and schedules, their, you know, uh, their mental health, you know, classes. I, I, I don't want to have to come up with that on my own or trust, you know, whatever. And trust that I can come up with those things. And the Lord's like, "Mm, yeah, but it's time. It's time for you to learn to trust. And yeah, you're going to slip and fall on your face and you're going to, what? I mean, but, but the funny thing is I've been testing it out. You want to hear how weird it is?
0: Yes.
1: So we have, like I said, our intuition is our spirit, our intuitions connected directly to God, his spirit, the Holy ghost. Like, it's our natural man that gets in the way. It's, it's what, you know, our brains like telling us all these things that aren't true and we're tempted and you know, there's all these things, but so silliest thing, I think the Lord keeps giving me these silliest things that are so inconsequential to test, to, to help me learn, to trust my intuition. So we live in a tiny town. I told you that a couple of weeks ago, I bought this dress at one of the two clothing stores we have. And a lady in our ward bought the same dress, and she's—I wore it to church, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I just bought that same dress!" And I'm like, "Oh, that's great. Hopefully, we never wear it on this. I mean, that's embarrassing, right? Why is that embarrassing? I don't know. It's not, but that's those are my thoughts." So Sunday, after the Lord had literally just said to me the week before, "It's time to learn to trust that instinct," like I—I whisper these quiet things to you that seem silly and inconsequential for a reason. I'm trying to teach you. To trust yourself. Okay. So I wake up Sunday morning and I'm like, I'm going to wear this green dress. And then this thought popped in my head wouldn't it be funny if I'll leave her name out of it? But if she wore this dress, and then literally I had this feeling, this intuition, she is going to wear the, her green dress. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run with this. I'm going to test this out. This is inconsequential. It, it matters not in the grand yep. scheme of but I had this feeling. She's going to wear this dress. In comes my nine-year-old mom. I'm wearing my purple dress today. Wear your purple dress so we can match. And there's this, this part of me that was like, oh, my, my sweet girl's asking me to do that. I'm going to do that. And then I thought, no, you're going to wear the green dress and see if this actually pans out. So funny thing, we get to church, sit down. Turns out this lady was giving a talk. She was sitting up on the stand and my, my seven-year-old elbows me. Mom, look, You and, you know, sister, so-and-so you're wearing the same dress. And she and I make contact and we both start laughing. And literally the spirit said to me, see, you can trust yourself. Something so stupid, right? So inconsequential, but the Lord, I think he has this great sense of humor, but he also cares about us so much that he's like, would you, would you just get out of your own way and, and see how great you actually are, you know?
0: Yeah. So yeah. anyway, silly story. I love the idea that Heavenly Father doesn't just want us to become like him. He wants us to allow him to teach us to become like him. Like he is with us, guiding us, teaching us, just like you said, just giving us these little incremental lessons. I love the analogy of, of this life is a college or a school because I just think oh. that's so applicable. And yeah, a lot of times we just want to stay in kindergarten because it's easy. I know my colors. Oh. I can count to 10. <laughs> so and easy. Heavenly Father's like, it's time to go to junior high and it's going to be tough because you're going to be awkward. Your feet are going to be weird sizes. Like it's, it's going to be tough, but this <laughs> is, part of this is part of coming to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, one one thing I wanted to get a a comment on or idea, and and maybe there's something there, maybe there isn't, uh, you very briefly mentioned that at the beginning of this part of your stress level, you were, your husband was the Bishop Bishop is a stressful, not calling, but it's, it's a stressful calling to be the Bishop's wife. Was was it difficult for you? What was there any type of, um, internal struggle of, look, the Bishop's family is perfect. That's because they're the Bishop's family. How come, how come this is happening to me now? Are you kidding me?
1: Um, There was some of that, especially when my adrenals crashed. And I, when I say that I couldn't get out of bed for more than a few minutes at a time, I mean, that that is very, very true. There is no energy to function. And so, you know, the bishop's wife feeling like I needed to be serving the ward and doing all of these things. And, you know, at the time we were making lunches for the high councilman that would come visit. And, and here I was trying to get six children ready, you know, a brand new baby ready for church, making lunches for, for these grown men who know how to make their own lunches. They know they're going to be you know, cause we have a two hour drive to our stake center. They know they're not going to be home for lunch. They can make their own lunch. Why, you know, why am I anyway? Um, but I also felt like the Lord prepared me for that. And, you know, a year before my husband got called as bishop, I was definitely that wife that was like, what do you mean? I have to put all my kids to bed by myself. You're not going to be home. You got to You know, I can't do this. I'm so stressed out, you know? And then I really felt like, the lord said look i'll take care of you i will take care of you it will be okay and i had to set down a lot of notions of of what the perfect bishop's wife is supposed to look like and just be myself in fact they called me the swearing bishop's wife which is terrible because you know again i'm a very passionate person so sometimes <laughs> sometimes especially when i struggle with you know lots of adrenaline, you know, words would come out, which is a bad habit, but you know, it's true. And there were so many, you know, I always felt really embarrassed about that, but I found out later on, there were so many investigators or, you know, less active members who actually felt comfortable in my presence because I wasn't this, Mm -hmm. because they would either hear that I swore or they'd actually hear me swear, you know, and they were like, Hey, we can resonate with this lady, you know? So no, I felt really blessed that, that the Lord just gave me the ability to care for my family while my husband was caring for the ward family. Yeah. So even through all the craziness of it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I like how at the beginning of that, you said that you had to get rid of this Notion, which is a false notion that there is a there is the perfect bishop, perfect wife, perfect kids. We are the model of the war. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's not oh how it works at all. But it's
1: beautiful to see. So my husband's just as imperfect as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it was beautiful to see how the Lord qualifies those that he calls. So during those five years, he was Bishop, I saw kind of a different man as he was qualified, brought up, lifted up, you know, to, to take on that role and all of the, the, the busyness, the stress, the pressure, all of those things. And so, you know, now he's just normal, you know, Rob again, and he's, you know, no, (laughs) no, he's still, he's still an awesome guy, but You know, the Lord does, um, he calls us to do things and then he gives us the ability to become that person to do what he's asked us to do. Like Nephi, I'll go and do, you know, and that.
0: Yeah, I I 100% believe that that also happens to bishops' wives. Um, I, I know that there is... There's not a bishop that can do it without his wife's support. So.
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting though because I I've seen when the Lord you know calls you to do things as well, you don't even realize how much He's held you up yeah. or how much you know weight has been lifted off your shoulders until you no longer have that calling. And I'm not saying our lives like were so detrimental after that. I'm just saying you don't realize how much His hands actually in your ability to do what he's asked you to do yeah. until, until he, that part is through and he no longer magnifies that for you, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. I think in a lot of callings I've had as well. So
0: yeah. Well, I have so appreciated this conversation and I, I appreciate you being so real with us and, <laughs> and sharing yeah. your, your struggles and your victories.
1: Well, I just figure that if you don't share them, you can't, I mean, we all feel alone in our, in our everything's, you know, we feel like we're the only ones or that. And I think Satan does that. He's like, you're alone. Nobody understands you. Nobody knows what you go through. And so I think that when we share just who we are, I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like being open. I don't, you know, I don't know how many times I've asked the Lord, can I just get off Facebook and live my own life? Do I really have to be on there and and continue to just pour my heart out to the world all the time? And he's like, um, yeah, you do actually you, I need you there. Like, yeah. Part of this is part of your becoming you. Yeah. You just, you just gotta be there. I'm like, okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll swallow it another time
0: so hopefully there's uh, somebody listening here who is maybe where you were four years ago and they're marching through it and and've got a strength to go forward another day or another month or year.
1: Thank I hope you. so I hope so. I believe in that healing power um, four years ago i wish I wish that I could be where I am now. Um, you know I still Have so much work to do to become like our savior. I still have so much work to do to become like that woman in my patriarchal blessing that I see. However, I now I now believe and see that it's possible. Whereas four years ago, it didn't seem like that at all. So just keep trying, keep praying you know, ask those hard things, ask the Lord to, to tear apart the life you currently have, if you don't like it and to help you rebuild something new and then buckle your seatbelt because it's a crazy, crazy ride.